When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. Oh. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Boys Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 324 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How are you guys doing? It's another Wednesday. Here we go. A couple more days till the weekend. Summer's winded down, folks. I guess we got to grab it while we can, eh? Yeah, it, uh, I'll tell you, it just seems like yesterday at school was out, and now they're all heading back pretty quick. So, I know my wife's uh, tried to squeeze a little more summer out. Uh, she's up at the lake with the nephews up at the cabin. So, I'm here. I'm 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 the bachelor for for about three days here. Yeah, it was a real it was a real rocking night last night. Yeah, got home from work, ate my sub. Fell asleep on the couch watching TV. Woke up at about nine o'clock. Showered. Kind of farted. Did the dishes. <laughs> went back and laid down on the couch. Yeah, slept for the rest of the night. Yeah, and went to work at about four thirty in the morning. Yeah, so it was it was a real a real thriller around here last night. Oh, turn it down. The neighbors might phone some. Might phone the cops. <laughs> yeah. Today, much of the same. Yeah, mowed the, mowed the lawn, watered the tomato plants, and uh, now I'm talking to you jokers. Again, real real thriller. Yeah. Hey, don't say I don't know how to party. <laughs> uh, well, folks, I got to say, the uh, the hockey news lists have, uh, for air quotes, enforcer week at the hockey news. Oh, yes, as I said last episode, uh the hypocrisy knows no bounds as we're as for the last like two and a half decades they've shit on the enforcer and the role and the guys that performed it but all of a sudden the you know, summer comes oh we need something to talk about oh, let's do enforcer week oh yeah you assholes but they're uh and of course the hockey news the bible of hockey there's so much knowledge that these folks have the uh the lists have i've noticed have been making the rounds on social media 
um, or at least the Canucks and the Flyers one has. Um, I actually talked about it last episode on Sunday, but uh, uh, I can't remember. I think they had about eight, 17 or 18 lists. Uh, not all the teams had, had lists, but they had a bunch. So, um, And I was just sort of randomly picking them. So I'll, I'll go, and I haven't looked at them. I haven't read the lists. I just saw the article, and they had the links to the lists uh, that all the different writers did. So, because um, I would say I like to discover the list with you guys. So uh, we'll uh, we'll check out a few lists here at the end. I don't know which teams yet, so we'll see here as I scroll as I get there. Um, also, I'm gonna oh look, hey, I, that's right, more hockey cards. You would think I almost go to Dollarama every day, wouldn't you? Well, if you thought that, you'd probably be thinking right, but. Uh, well, because normally I go during work because they're the cheapest drinks in town and they're on the route, right? So why not? You know, you can go in for a dollar, you know, get the energy drinks for two bucks. You know, there we go. But, um, and I'll grab some hockey cards while I'm there. The secret, folks, for the Canadian listeners, I guess, because the American folks, you guys don't have Dollaramas. Um, it's those $2 value bets. See, I know the whole thing. Somebody told me, those things aren't worth $2. Yeah, I know, dipshit. I'm, I'm opening for the gimmick of the show, right? Plus, it's like, it takes you back. It's the old 90s stuff. Where am I going to find old 90s packages nowadays? I mean, I can go online and whatever, but you know what I'm saying. But, um, I've had people get a hold of me with those, they're called surprise bag, value bag. You'll see them, they're blue with two bucks and they got the goalie on the front and they're made by pristine or whatever. Uh, oh, here, what are they called as I'm sitting here? What's the wrapper say? Surprise bag, hockey cards. Yeah, and it's got the goalie on the front and they're blue. Um, and the thing is though, is what could piss you off is you buy them. And then you get these like other little packs in there, but they're like three packs. Oh, the goalie pack or the three pack of like, oh, there's a thousand point club, one guaranteed thousand point scorer card. So you get these just random like common cards, right? Which is kind of a piss off. But then you'll, you also get like either a, like a hundred of the little sleeves or some hard cases or, you know, like stuff to put the cards in. Those are what's in the bag what's in the value bag too but here's a little pro tip for you if you grab the bags and you, and you could feel them and like you could feel which ones are really thick and all that stuff the ones that are super thin those are the ones that have hockey packs in them like the packages of cards so there you go there's my little tip of the day so yes so we're going to open up some some 92 premier hockey opichi premier and, uh, yes, I was going to say, we're going to open hockey cards on an audio podcast. It's very exciting. But, uh, do that. Um, oh, we do a little se- segment here. It's a new one. I'm going to call it Fiction Can Be Fun. And it's, uh, yeah, some goofy shit that I've seen, uh, the comments. Now, I mean, Fiction Can Be Fun. That could be a whole fucking podcast. But, I mean, we won't do that today. But, I mean, we'll, we'll do it. Normally, I have my week on the internet and all that stuff. Um, we'll just call this segment fiction can be fun. And it's just a little, it's just a few kind of funny, uh, like just comments that people throw out or like, and, and I think they believe it so wholeheartedly that it's just like, you know, they've been going around for years throwing this, this bit of this little nugget out there. And it's like, what are you talking about? Like, it's just asinine, but I'll get into that. But first 
As I said, member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 60 shows in the network. All the NHL teams have shows, so whatever team you're a fan of, there is a podcast for you. I'm on the original content side, the original creator side. Oh, and you got a, a couple of these jokers that I'm with over here. Yeah, look who I'm associating myself with. I might make up a team just to go to the other side. But uh got Alec over at the Five for Fighting podcast. Of course, Jolton Joe Lazito over at the Coliseum Chronicles. Jordan at Five in a Game. Of course, Terry Ryan, Ted Hitchcock, uh, Shorzy Fame. He is on the original content creator side as well. So, um, Joe recently just, re- just released Trevor Steenberg Off the Island episode part two. And uh, former Quebec Nordique, so definitely check that out. Also, Joe has a tremendous back catalog um, of the of uh, former Islander players. Uh, you know, Mick Fakoda, Scrudwig, Aaron Asham, on and on. Check it out. He does a great job. And uh, I believe it was a few episodes ago. Uh, who was I talking to now? I believe it was Dante. Uh, we were talking about actually Joe's Mick Fakoda interview. Um, I guess what is it? Three parts, three or four parts. Um, I, I said, as far as a player, an enforcer player interview goes, um, I say that is probably the best enforcer interview ever done on a podcast on any podcast. And, uh, yeah, awesome. And I mean, Mick was great, told great stories. Um, yeah, check even if I'm a fuck on a body slam, you know, and you get these, no, just whatever, go listen to the interview. And, uh, great stories, good dude. Um, Joe's, and like, that's the thing. Joe's so thorough, knows his shit. So it's not some idiot just reading hockey DB, you know, you know, did you play for the Saskatchewan Blades? You know, um, as some have been known to say. So, you know, uh, no, Joe knows his shit. And, um, yeah, so that, that just adds to it, right? So. No, it was great. So check that out. And then, uh, uh, Alec, his latest episode is with Wichita Thunder tough guy, Kelly Bent, and, uh, from the East Coast Hockey League. So definitely check that out. Again, Alec has a tremendous back catalog. Frank Bylois, Mike Segroy, Rob Ray, on and on. Um, he has just, uh, been under the weather lately and started a new job. He's got lots of shit going on over there. But, uh, I think, uh, He's healing up here, so once he'll bounce back and uh, and be back at it, and uh, I think with his job now, um, he, you know he's um, you know the, there's no more commuting and all that stuff. So um, I, I think he'll be. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put that much pressure on him, but I think his uh, he'll he'll have far he'll have more time and more energy to podcast. So now whether that's a good thing or not, eh, that remains to be seen. <laughs> but check it out. And then, of course, Jordan over at the Five in a Game podcast. Uh, you know, he's busy working out on the rigs right now. Uh, look more, he'll be bouncing back. He'll be making a comeback here in the fall when he heads back home to the Maritimes to Cape Breton and has some time off with the family over the winter. And uh, then he'll be back in the game and throwing out episodes. So in the meantime, go subscribe to all their channels. And uh, speaking of subscribing to channels, and my boy Jay, you probably heard him on this show a bunch of times. He's been on the Ice Wars preview show, and uh, actually he did a UHL season ticket, 05-06 season ticket episode with me, where he broke down that season, and that is prob- that is one of my most popular episodes ever, one of my best episodes ever. Um, 
because Jay lived it in Quad City and we went through, that was the season with Danbury and all that stuff. Um, but we don't just talk about Quad City, we talk about all the teams. Talk about the rinks, talk about what happened, not just the fights, but what happened in the league. Oh, there was anima superheroes, a female that played on every team, and uh, murder. Yeah. So go back and check it out. It's the UHL season ticket series. Uh, so I need to do more of those. I really enjoy doing the season ticket. I did three of them, I believe. I believe with Anthony out in Las Vegas. Um, the, the year escapes me right now, but it was, uh, it was East Coast League season. Uh, I did uh, a season of the UK with Searson, John Searson, and then of course my one with Jay here at the UHL. So, yeah, I need to uh, I need to revisit that. I think I, I really like that season, and you know, and I mean, obviously we talk about the fights and the fighters and all the different teams and stuff, but just we talk about like some unique happenings from that season and, and that type of thing too. So, um, yeah, that was really fun. So check that out. But in the meantime, not only check that out. But uh, like I said, Jay's been around the Quad City area for a long time, long time fight fan, and he has a YouTube channel, and it's D, like the letter D, Skunk, and uh, check it out on YouTube, and he's got all the, lately he's been putting up the last couple seasons of the Southern Pro League, um, but before that, I mean, like I said, his channel goes back 10 years, I mean, he has like, remember when it was the new IHL, oh, it's got like Frank Littlejohn stuff on there, Jonathan the Hammer Tromboy versus... Uh, Steve McIntyre, when McIntyre was down uh, down there. Um, lots of stuff. Check it out and uh, subscribe to his channel. And while you're on YouTube, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. I have over 2,000 videos on my YouTube channel as well. So um, subscribe to the channels. If you're watching a video, if you're on YouTube and you're watching a fight video and you're like, this is a great fight, I like this video, you know those little thumbs up buttons that, that they got? Just hit it. That's all you gotta do. Just click it real quick. It's like this corny shit. YouTube loves that stuff. They love the uh, the interaction and uh, and it helps us out in the algorithms um, as content creators. So it's always a download, don't stream with the podcast. Same thing with the podcast. Rate and review. I'm not saying it for my show, but for Alex show, Joe's show, Jordan, any of your favorite podcasts. Again, I would say spit. Let me just drop the keyboard on you here. Um, Spit and Chicklets and Joe Rogan will be fine if you don't review their show. They'll be okay. Uh, but for the smaller shows, uh, again, it helps us out in terms of uh, uh, in the algorithms and that sort of thing on Spotify and on iTunes. So if you could rate and review, just hit a little star rating. That'd be that's all you need to do. We're 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 simple. <laughs> we're simple people, as they would say, <laughs> just like that. But uh, definitely check those YouTube channels out. All right, let's get into it here, folks. Well, first things first. I, these hockey cards are they're 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 burning a hole here. I got I got to open these. They're sitting right in front of me, so we got to. Uh, we'll see here. We're going to go the Opeechee Premier. Of course, nineteen ninety one Premier is the. I remember those were the hot cards, man. Um, yes, but nineteen ninety two. Here we go. Who do we got? Well, Barry Peterson, Bob Kadelski. We're a hot start here. Steve Larmer. Underrated superstar, Steve Larmer. Tony Horchkak. Dave Manson. Manson was in the other pack that I opened the other day on the air. Ray Bork, old Ray Ray. There you go. I think I've heard heard of him. Pat LaFontaine and Nelson Emerson. There you go. There is your 92 premiere. I know I had you on the edge of your seats, right? Yep. Well, and then, like I said, I got these little, it also came with these little three packs. 
Um, oh, goalies. Who gives a shit about goalies? There we go. Who do we get? John Gibson. Oh, Marc-Andre Fleury. Oh, and Washington's Don Beaupre. There we go. And what's this one? Oh, a thousand... Guaranteed one card of a thousand goal scorers. So we get Jared Spurgeon. I know he's not a thousand. Pierre-Luc Dubois. Patty Falloon. There you go. He was taking... Taking... Night... Second player chosen in the 91 entry draft. There you go. What a talent, though, in Spokane. Here, hold on. I'm going to hit pause here for a sec. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to look up uh, Pat, Pat Falloon's stats. Um, yeah, what a talent with the Spokane Chiefs in the Western League. Of course, they had that, uh, you know, that great team in 90-91 when they won the Memorial Cup, you know, with Toporowski and his... Uh, you know, he, him going, Topper going nuts with his 505 penalty minutes. Um, but yeah, Ray Whitney, Pat Falloon, get out of the way. Look out. Here we go. Yeah, like that, that season, Ray Whitney, 72 games, 185 points. Pat Falloon played 61 games, 64 goals, 74 assists, 138 minutes of penalties. Yeah, what a player. 24 more points in 15 playoff games. Season before, yeah, he had back to back 60 goal seasons. Um, you know, and that's and even in his first year in San Jose, you know, seventy nine games, he had twenty five goals. You know, and I mean, I, I know everybody. Oh, he's a bust. Ah, problem is, is back then, you know, San Jose was just starting off in the league expansion team. They were the shits. And I mean, and you're eighteen years old, and you get dumped in that situation. You're the big second overall pick, and it's like, okay, lead us to the promised land, man. And it's like, yeah, you know, I mean. You know, at 59 points, there you go. He led the team, uh, you know, that year. And, of course, you know, they were uh, 17 and 58. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, and so when you're when you're asking a first-year team and, uh, you know, to uh, and you're asking a kid at 18 to, to take, lead you to the promised land, that's, you know, what are you going to do? But... Yeah, he played a few seasons in San Jose, then he went to Philly. I forgot he was even in Ottawa and Pittsburgh. I didn't know he played in Pittsburgh, too. Uh, but he, 575 games, 322 career points. I mean, eh, 322 points in 575 games. Is that really a bust? I can't say that. I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, I guess if you're going second overall, people expect you to be putting up 100-point season. Yeah, you know, I get it. But at the same time, I mean, you know. Yeah, but on those shitty San Jose teams, yeah, there you go, like twenty-five goals, twenty-two goals the one year, like ah, you know what, you know what are you gonna do? But yeah, Pat Falloon. There we go. Who is the thousand-point guy? Oh, Matt Sundin. Oh, there you go. Yeah, what a career, eh, old Matts. Yep, great player. Oh, well, there we go. The, that was the exciting portion of the show, the hockey card segment. Um, no, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, the uh, fiction can be fun. Um, yeah, I was just laughing because I saw it in Force a Week that one of the one of the columns is George, George LaRock's most memorable fights. Um, I haven't read the article, but I just saw the... Uh, I, was, I was reading the comments, and uh, the one guy... Um, he had to leave the Habs because the coach was making him fight non-heavies and George was a sporting dude. Uh, yeah, he was shoved out of Montreal for no good reason. Well, first of all, dipshit, the reason was he was injured and that's why he had to retire was due to his shoulder injuries. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, he he was. They were making him fight non-heavies, were they? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, here we'll go. Uh, in his last two seasons, there he had, uh, you know, he he had uh, nine fights and and four fights. So yeah, he had thirteen fights with the Habs the first year. Thornton, Fedoric, Fritz, Josh Gratton. Well, Josh Gratton must be one of them non-heavies he's talking about. Andrew Peters, Brad May, Eric Goddard, Jody Shelley, and Joel Reckless. Yeah, those were the. Uh, and then uh, the next season, he had four. Colton Orr, Erskine, Riley Cote, Eric Bolton. Yeah, I, I, who are these non-heavies that he was forced to fight? Uh, it's just like your people are goofs. They're just goofs. Yeah. No clue. Then this other guy said that when I put up that picture of, I put up a picture of Paul Stewart and Bobby Schmutz having a, basically a stick fight in the hallway. And, uh, it's a great picture. Lanny McDonald's sitting there like, what are you guys doing? Um, anyway, underneath the, underneath it. Oh, yeah. Paul Stewart hated Probert. Yeah. Every time they would fight, uh, when he, when Stewart was breaking up a fight, he'd grab, he'd, uh, he'd grab Probert. And not the other guy, so the guy could get a few more shots in on Bobby. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Um, well, first of all, Stewart was a head ref. He wasn't a linesman, so he wasn't in there breaking up fights. So I just put, yeah, like, well, I said Stewart wasn't breaking up fights. He was a he was a head he was a head official. He wasn't a linesman. So then the guy replies, and oh, I guess I must have imagined be imagining things. Yeah, you fucking are, goof. Yeah, oh, lo- oh, look where he's from, Detroit, Michigan. Oh, shocking. Yeah, another Probert fanboy with his head up his ass. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I must have been dreaming it. Yeah, you were. You know, again, fiction can be fun. So, I don't know, it's just... But people believe it, I guess. Well, some people believe the Earth is flat, too, so what are you going to do? Anyway... That was, I guess, that wasn't much of a bit there. The uh, fiction can be fun, but it was just two things that that uh, that just kind of struck me funny the last couple of days. Um, I will say, actually, to be completely honest, the last bunch of days, um, and it's been nice. I really haven't been scrolling uh, social media all that much. I mean, I've been posting my stuff like I always do every morning. I post my my episode, but. Other than that, I, I, if I go into the groups, basically all I've done is just posted pictures or videos and then just gotten out. I really haven't read anything. And my notifications haven't really... It's been nice, actually. It hasn't been filled with idiots. So, um, yeah, it's been a pretty... Uh, I, I, it'd be a pretty slow my week on the internet uh, segment. Uh, you know, because I haven't... Like I said, I haven't, I haven't really been checking it, to be completely honest. It, it's been, like, super nice. So, um and now, here's a word from our sponsor. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. 
in partnership with Hollywood Casino and Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details for state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10 plus leg required for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Well, we should probably we should probably get into these lists, shouldn't we? Okay. Well, I've uh, I've been bouncing around this hockey news uh, deal here, and uh, well, I saw one of the lists, and this actually sounds a little interesting. Um, this is this is by who wrote this? Ryan Kennedy. Okay. I always let the hockey news. Yeah, the Bible of hockey. Here we go. We're gonna uh, let, let's see what they, their other lists. Of, well, I gotta say the Vancouver list the other day. Eh, I mean, it had a few, and the Philadelphia one with Simmons in there. Okay, the rest were okay, but Simmons, eh, you know. But let's see what they got here. This one, uh, we asked some former Bruisers to help out with our rankings of the best brawlers in the big leagues right now. We posted a lot of articles about fighters this week. We couldn't put together this package without ranking the game's top scrappers right now. Through the sheer volume of fights has dropped in the past decade. It's not surprising when teams either seek out a nuclear nuclear options as the Maple Leafs did with Ryan Reeves or lock up the tough guys they already have as the Capitals did with Tom Wilson. In order to get the insider's view on who the top fighters in the league are, we put together a black and blue ribbon panel of former NHLers who combined fought around 300 times during their careers. George LaRock, Andrew Peters, and Craig Revae. The following is a blended list, a blended list based on their rankings. Alright. Well, they go one through five, so okay, here we go. We'll just do, well, here I'll scroll down here. Honorable mentions, other players who received votes in the survey included Tanner Janot, who re-signed with Tampa this summer, Columbus's Matthew Olivier, and Edmonton defenseman Darnell Nurse. Well, there we go. Hard to, again, I'm not knocking the boys, but holy shit, when that's your honorable mentions. All right, here we go. I, I literally do not know who Tanner Janot or Matthew Olivier are. Is it all up? No, it's Olivier. I know Nurse. Um... Yeah, okay. Uh, number five, Milan Lucic. Boss. Speaking of Lucic, he's got a second place vote on one ballot and has returned to Boston where he won the Stanley Cup in 2011. Makes for a fun storyline. The fact he'll be in the same division as Reeves and Jacki means the Atlant- Atlantic is going to be meaner than ever this season. Oh, yes. Mean, mean, mean. Well, I hope, hopefully, like, I, I know everyone's kind of, I know as fight fans, I mean, I you know, and I'm, I'm the same way. I'm not going to lie. I mean, that's the big fight, right? Is Reeves and Lucic. That's the one everyone's waiting for. Um, the fact you got Lucic at five, I don't know who's would be ahead of him, but okay. We'll see. Um, yeah, all right. Because um, to me, in my opinion anyway, um, you know, it, I would say to me, Reeves and Lucic are the two toughest guys in the league. That's, that's where I would go. So we'll see. Um, Number four, 
Curtis McDermott, Colorado, entering his third season with the Az. McDermott is a veteran fighter who ranked as high as third in the balloting here. His dance card is more about quality over quantity last year with opponents such as Pat Maroon and two tilts with Lucic. Um, I would have Lucic ahead of McDermott. Um, yeah, I, I've talked about McDermott before. Um, I, I don't know what, like, again, I'm not, whatever. I'm not a big McDermott fan. Um, and again, and it sounds weird. And like I said, it's easy for me to sit over here on the, on the couch and say this. To me, he's a safety fighter. I mean, I said if he leaned back any further, he could probably take a drink out of someone's straw three rows in. Um, I don't know. To me, he just leans back, throws winging punches. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just not a McDermott guy. No, he's a tough enough guy. I'm not saying, oh, he's a pussy. No, I'm not saying anything like that. Um, I, but I wouldn't have him ahead of Lucic. Um, number three, see, Arbor Jackai, uh, one of the most exciting new players in the NHL. Jackai, super strong and plays tremendous all around physical game. Veterans grappers quickly found out the kid was not one to mess with through his nine tilts, tied him for fifth in the league. Um, yeah, I mean, he came out of the gates blazing. Um, you know, I, I've watched his fights and stuff. I mean, he's certainly willing and he throws punches. I don't know, is he, some huge killer. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I maybe, mean, I guess by today's standards he is, but, um, again, another guy, I wouldn't have him in front of Lucic. Um, but okay. I mean, I guess just out of volume, but, um, again, I'm not, Hey, they, the fact he fought nine times in the NHL last season, I mean, holy shit. And I don't think he played the full, he got hurt, right? I believe. So, um, you know, <laughs> what a list. Yeah, I, I'm going down the list of the nineties. We got we're McKenzie and Twist and Baruby and Grimson and Probert and Koser and now we we got, you know, Darnell Nurse, Tyner Tyner Jeanneau, McDermott and Jack Guy. This is where we're at now, you know, uh fifteen years later. But you know, and and I guess I mean at, at the, I guess at the same time what I always say with these lists or with these guys, I fuck, it's not these guys' fault. The rest of the league sucks. I mean, so, I mean, I can't knock the, the guys that are actually trying to fight, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, she's a different world, that's for sure. Who's number two here? Nicholas Delorier. Uh, no one fought more than Delorier last season. The Flyers left winger dropped the gloves 14 times. Not surprisingly, a few of those fights were against other players on this list, so you know, he's not padding his stats. That reputation earned him the second slot on two ballots. Um, I like Delorier. Uh, you know, he'll go for it. Um, uh, you know, again, again, it's hard. I guess that's the thing. I'm not trying to be the bitter old guy, you know, yelling at clouds. Um, although I, you know, and it's, it's funny because I, I get accused of that um, by younger fans, like on Twitter and stuff like that. Um, but, but I would like to think I'm actually, after reading the boards and talking to some of the guys on these fight boards and everything else, I'm actually, I would say I'm far more open-minded than they are. Um, you know, uh, now granted, as I would say, I stopped watching hockey over a decade ago. But I mean, I do know who these guys are and I will watch the fights when they come up on my feed. So I've seen Delorier fight and stuff like that. And I'm always interested to see a Reeves fight or a Lucic fight. And I did check out Jack Eye because it was like, oh, you got to see this new guy. So it's like, all right. Um so I do, and I'm not one of these, they couldn't handle the 80s, these guys. You know, I'm not one of those guys. Um, it's, again, it's a whole different landscape, obviously, but, 
you know, so I'd like to think I'm actually fairly open-minded at the, at the same time. Um, you know, it, it's just, uh, like I said, when I, cause I was going, what was I doing? Oh, it was, uh, it was the best of, uh, 95, 96. That was, uh, DVD. I was just going through and, you know, and I watched those fights and the guys that are involved and, and I was just looking at the stats online and, um, yeah, like I said, it's just a different, different world, eh? So, and number one, I would assume is Reeves. Yeah. Um, uh, consensus number one, Reeves comes with Maple Leafs, the biggest detainer and intimidator in the league right now, which is great news for the Toronto roster. Revo's going to make us all feel pretty easy out there, said new teammate Tyler Bertuzzi. I'm excited. The veteran doesn't traffic the volume anymore. His busiest season was 13 fights in, in 2011-12. But would you want to fight him? Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting with Reeves. Um, I, like I said, I guess he's a real polarizing figure. I mean, some people say, you know, he's not that good or he'd get killed in the 80s. I don't understand that mind logic that he'd get killed in the 80s. Now, I'm like, oh, he'd run, he'd make a run at Probert for number one. I'm not saying that either, but this idea that Reeves couldn't hang in the 80s, like, okay. Do you see who was in the 80s? Like, yeah, let's dial it down that they were all killers. Um, you know, I mean, again, fiction can be fun, but uh, Reeves would have been fine. But, um, it'll be, I, I really, yeah, that's, well, like I said, that, that's what everyone wants to see is him and Lucic. Um, I think they obviously both have a healthy respect for each other at the same time. I think, cause there's always those two camps, right? There's a bunch of people that think Lucic is one. There's a bunch that think Reeves is one. And I think they both like that sort of thing. And, uh, why fight and find out, you know, where we can kind of maintain that aura of, uh, mystery, right? So. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, hopefully one of them gets running around in the game and they play each other a bunch of times this year. So let's see it, boys. So there you go. That's LaRock, Reve, and Peter's top five. So, you know, I, I guess I, I don't, I don't know what a, what a top five was going to look like, uh, in 2023, but there you go. And now here's a word from our sponsor. Even if you're not going on vacation, summer's all about the vacation state of mind. Whether I want to listen to Metallica or Kiss on repeat or just need to retreat inside my own head for a bit. I love creating my own summer soundtrack by popping in the Raycon wireless earbuds. So much going on all summer. Sometimes you need some upbeat music to pump you up before you see people or to stay calm or some guided meditation. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're at the gym working out or, uh, you know, when I'm at work, you know, you're in and out of the truck, so you like miss the tunes or your, your favorite part of the song's coming up. So you want to stay in the truck. Um, yeah, just put the headphones on and, uh, the earbuds and away you go and like they sit, they sit in the ear perfect. And, uh, yeah, you don't miss a, a single, uh, guitar riff from the old hair metal days. Uh, <laughs> I'm dating myself here with some skid, with a skid row reference. How's that one for you? Um, to let me tell you now, Raycon's the best way to listen. Use earbud tap functions to toggle between three customized sound profiles, noise isolation, awareness mode. Uh, Raycon has 32-hour battery life, including eight hours of playtime, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. Um, they come with custom gel tips for the most comfort earbud in-ear fit. Um, and they start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. Um... Uh, and Raycons come with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. So create your own soundtrack with Raycon right now. Fourth-line voice listeners, you can get 15% off the Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash THPN. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to save 15% on Raycons. 
Again, one last time, buyraycon.com slash THPN. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. All right, well, let, let's get to these team lists. This is the this is the uh, the portion of the show that Tim, well, no, the, the presence has been waiting for. Had to be there, folks. But uh, let's... What what team should we do on their lists here? Let, let let's uh, how about the Detroit Red Wings? I don't know. I don't think they could screw this one up that bad, can they? The hockey news for Enforcer Week. Let's check out the top five enforcers in Red Wings history, written by Sam Stockton. The Detroit Red Wings have a long and proud history of fighters. When you look back at the greatest Wings teams of all time, a common link seems to be the supreme skilled layered ahead of the formidable brawn. Uh, wow, what writing. Uh, Reigns in the late 40s and 50s combined for elements of the same package. The skills were the tough guys, and they, namely Gordie Altad, Lindsay, were the best players in the league by the next dynasty in the 90s. Detroit had Probert, Koser, and McCarty providing the muscle to supplement Eiserman and the Russian five-scoring prowess. By the Wings' most recent cup in 08, the team was moving slowly but surely away from the era when a fighter or two was an essential component to any serious bottom six, but McCarty was still around to lend Datsuk, Zetterberg, and Lidstrom some extra security. It's funny, it, you, you ever notice with the, uh, whenever they, when the hockey news, always, whenever I've done these lists, the last couple lists and every article, they always have to mention how hockey's gone away from it. Like, like everyone doesn't fucking know. Yeah, like, no, no shit. Yeah, we all know. So, um, let's go. I'll scroll all the way down. I got my eyes closed here because I'm pretty sure, like the other ones that the, I did the other day, I'm sure they probably went one through five and I want to go five to one. So, well, here, now I got to scroll back up. So I'll see here. Cause like I said, I've not checked these lists. Like I said, I, I want to find out with you guys where we are here. So we'll now I gotta scroll up. Okay. Okay, number five. Uh, number five, Ted Lindsay. 862 games played, 1400 penalty minutes. Terrible Ted. Like his production line running mate, Howe was an offensive star who served as his own enforcer. His rambunctious style of play is rumored the reason the NHL felt it necessary to add the albuing and kneeing penalties to the rule book. Uh, <laughs> unusual blend of bruti- uh, brutalism and respect that seems to... Sorry, folks. Yeah, it's kind of had a glitch there. Uh, seemed to tip by the NHL enforcer from a brawl against Boston in 1951. Lindsay knocked Bilizinski out. But didn't stop swinging until Howe had to restrain him. After the game, he checked in in an erstwhile combatant in the medic's room with a warm greeting. This guy is quite the... Old Sam here is quite the wordsmith. Um, Well, there you go. I mean, mean, yeah, terrible Ted Lindsay. Um, I, you know, I can't, I can't speak to him as a fighter. Um, I don't know how many fights he would have really been in. I know the, they didn't, like in the, in, during that era, there really wasn't a lot of, one-on-one fights there was a lot of kind of brawls and stick swinging and and stuff like that and guys jumping guys and just whatever throwing shots but um there you go so i can't speak on to uh obviously hall of fame tremendous great player um as far as his fighting prowess goes who knows i can't tell you that but he's number five terrible ted Lindsay. number four Uh, Joey Koser, 
Number four, all right, uh, 535 games, 1,900 minutes, 165 fights. As a pure fighter, Coaster may be the only man on this list who could rival Probert. He and Probert became known as the Bruce Brothers for a rugged justice they dished out on Rick's Cross National Hockey League during their days as teammates in Detroit. Coaster became legendary for his heavy right hand and perhaps the greatest legacy is cracking the helmet of his fearsome contemporary Donald Brashier in one such fight. Um, I didn't know he did that, but... I mean, yeah, I've heard of the, you know, coaster busting helmets and everything else. And yeah, legendary right hand, uh, some serious KOs. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Probert and Coaster, they're probably the best tag team of all time. Um, well, if Joey's four, I'm interested to see, I'm assuming Probert's first, but I'm interested to see who second and third are. I mean, okay, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't have to sell you guys on Joe Coaster. I mean, there you go. Um, I always felt with Coaster, though, I mean, as great as he was with Detroit and everything else, I always thought he got better when he got, maybe not better, but maybe it's because he was on his own in New York or he was the number one in New York. Um, you know, I thought he was great with the Rangers. Again, you know, solid with Detroit as well, but, um, but he was always going to play second fiddle to Probert. I mean, you know. So I think when he when he got away from that went to New York. I I don't know. I think he kind of came into his really came into his own. Um, but that's just my opinion. Number three, Darren McCarty, six hundred fifty nine games, thirteen hundred sixteen fights. McCarty won four Stanley Cups with the Red Wings over thirteen seasons, uh, and he is best and most fondly remembered for something different. On March twenty March twenty sixth, McCarty exacted vengeance on Avalanche forward Claude Lemieux for Lemieux's dirty hit on Draper in the 96 playoffs. After an unlikely skirmish between Igor Lirionov and Forsberg, McCarty cold cocked Lemieux and didn't relent. As Lemieux turtled on the ice, it was the start that became known as the Fight Night at the Joe and solidified the late 90s as the definitive NHL rivalry. McCarty, who by all accounts should have been tossed in the game, scored the overtime winner. Uh, Stanley Cups be damned. It was enough to solidify him forever as a Red Wing legend in the hearts and minds of Hockey Town faithful. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, that image of of him pounding on Lemieux and Lemieux's turtling, um, yeah, is forever etched in hockey fight lore without a doubt. Um, yeah, I'm down with DMAC. I mean, uh, you know, I I wouldn't have Mad of Coaster on a list, but, uh, you know, okay. Um, yeah, I was, um, yeah, McCarty came in with a lot of hype from the Ontario Hockey League. I know when he played in Adirondack, uh, I believe he won the Calder Cup down there, um, but man, those I have the I have the Adirondack uh, discs when he was there that year. He's awesome, and he fights a ton. And you know, left handed, yeah, he could go, man. McCarty was uh, was legit, bad dude. Um, you know, and I was wow, what was what was I doing? I can't remember what I was doing, but I I kind of went down the McCarty rabbit hole uh, one night on YouTube. Uh, you know, it was a couple months back, but. Um, he was solid, really great, good, good, solid fighter. Um, you know, was he ever the king of the league? No, but, uh, he, he was always, I always, I always thought McCarty was a really good wingman, like with Probert and stuff like that. He was always a good, he was a good Robin to their Batman. Um, but yeah, solid, tough dude, man. I'm down with Darren McCarty. Number two, Gordy Howe. Just, oh, I, I'm not even going to look. I, I bet you I know what fight they're going to reference, though. Uh, despite letting his David Gordy out hat trick, a goal assist in a fight, Howe only fought 22 times over his long career. 
Uh, however, despite the lack of fighting majors, there can be no doubt as a status as an enforcer. You know, the only difference was that Howe administered justice with a stick in his elbows more than his fists. At the time of his retirement, Howe had the most goals in NHL history, and despite retiring at the ripe age of 52, he remained among the most feared players in the league throughout his career. He was not feared at 52. Give it up. Uh, there will never be an offensive superstar of Howe's acumen who plays with the Mr. Hockey's brutality. Um, well, he was brutal with his elbows and his, and his, and his stick, as they said here. Even his own kids has, have mentioned they don't, they, like you said, they don't know how great of a fighter their dad was, but they know he was, he was really dirty with his stick and that's how he got his revenge a lot of times and with elbows and stuff. So, like you said, 22 fights, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess when you're making a Red Wings list, I mean, you got to include Hal, but, you know, like, let's be honest, like, is Hal, of any of the guys I've mentioned, is Hal beating McCarty or Coaster or Probert in a fist fight? I doubt it. Again, I can't speak from experience of, uh, you know, of, of, of Hal as a fighter, but I mean, I've read articles and everything else, and I mean, you know, everyone, Fontenotto, I mean, that's everyone's go-to when they mention Gordy's fighting, is his one fight against Lou Fontenotto. Um, if you go back and read some of the stuff with Fern Flam and stuff like that, he didn't win these fights. Um, again, I'm not saying, oh, Gordy was a punching bag or anything. I'm not saying that, but there's this idea that I think with a lot of people that Howe just walked on water and, oh, he destroyed everybody and won every fight and everything else. And that's not true. Um, again, again, I haven't visually seen them, but I'm just going by newspaper articles that were written about the fights and that type of thing. So that's all we have to go by, but um, but nonetheless, uh, he was just really vicious is what he was and mean and dirty. I mean, by today's standards, they'd have him in jail, but I mean, back then you just did that sort of thing. But so there's no doubting his viciousness, but I always laugh when he was in the WHA in his late forties. And then, you know, with Hartford in his 50, everybody acts like, oh, everybody was still scared of Gordy. It's like, no, nobody just, nobody wanted to beat up the senior citizen. I mean, who, like I was saying that the other day, I put a picture of Gord Gallant up. And so, oh, that was another one I could have done for the, uh, fiction is fun. I put a picture of machine gun Gord Gallant there up for the, who was a notorious fighter in the Western, uh, or the, in the WHA. And somebody goes, oh, I was at the game when he was chasing Gordy around. He wanted nothing to do with Gordy. I'm like, well, first of all, if he was chasing Gordy around, clearly he did. And I'm like, you really think, like, at that point, a 48-year-old Gordy Howe was going to take out a 24-year-old Gord Gallant? Oh, sure. You know, it's just like, okay. But anyway, but that's what you deal with when you bring up Gordy Howe. The greatest, no, you know, and you could make that argument that he was the greatest player of all time and all that stuff. I'm not saying that. But this idea that, oh, in the WHA and stuff, people were still scared of him. It's like, no. They respected him for what he was doing, and he was a Hall of Fame player, and he was helping the league out. Like, he was the WHA, him and Bobby Hall were the WHA meal tickets at the time, let's be honest. So it's like, I think the players recognize that. But at the same time, these 20-something-year-old gunslingers are not scared of a 48-year-old Gordy Howe. So let's dial it down. But anyway, number obviously number one there, yeah, Bob Probert. Bob Probert, the NHL Ultimate Heavyweight Champion, undisputed greatest enforcer in Red Wings history. He was a, a veritable golden age of fighters, and amongst the company he stood alone. Described his fighting style as the follows in his autobiography, Tough Guy. The thing I liked to do was just grab a guy by the sweater or shoulder pad and hold him straight out. Then I'd pull my, pull my head back so he couldn't hit me. Next, I'd throw a punch. He couldn't reach me, but I could connect. Where others... 
uh, tired over the course of a fight. Probert developed a reputation for getting stronger. Unfortunately, Probert was also the NHL's ultimate tragic hero, plagued throughout his life by addiction and resulting in legal trouble. The combination of substance abuse and head trauma meant he died at 45 in 2010. See, it wasn't the head trauma. He had a heart attack, but okay. Yeah, get, you got to classic hockey news though. You got to throw that in. Um, in his eulogy team, in his eulogy teammate Steve Eiserman, a fellow member of the Wings '83 draft class, described Probert as possessing fists of stone and a kind heart and a gentle soul. For more on Probert's legacy, look for the essay from the Hockey News Detroit later this week. Um, yeah, I mean, there we go. Number one, Bob Probert. I don't. Again, I, I I'm pretty sure I don't. I don't need to sell you. On, uh, on, on how great Bob Brower was. So there we go. There's the hockey news is five Detroit Red Wings uh, best enforcers. Um, yeah, I mean, overall with that, uh, you know, how do you really argue with that list, right? It's, um, you know, yeah. Uh, what team should we do next? I'm going to go with Rangers already did. Vancouver already did. Oh, San Jose. Why not? Let's do the Sharks. We'll go out to the West Coast here. Uh, this one's written by Max Miller. The Sharks have had some of the game's best enforcers. Here are the top five best fighters in San Jose history. The San Jose Sharks have had their fair share of enforcers through NHL history. Scott, Shelley, and McSorley wore the teal uniform and got into scraps. There has been some iconic fights in Sharks history too. Brad Stobbitz taking on George Tutu is, argu- is arguably the most significant fight with a Sharks jersey being worn. Alright. Uh, the five fighters will forever, these five fighters will forever live in Sharks enforcer history. Okay, hold on, close your eyes, scroll down to the bottom because these clowns like to go one to five. Uh, and I like to go five to one. So here we go. Um, Oh, Max Miller is the site editor and reporter for the San Jose Sharks team with the Hockey News. A resident from San Jose, Max has spent two seasons writing about hockey. Oh, well, there you go. Max knows he spent two years writing about hockey. So this is the guy we're going to go to for the uh, for the best enforcers in Sharks history. Well, that's probably why we got a stop its tutu thing. All right, here we go. Where are we going to go here? Number five, Brad Stobitz. A few other players could have, a few other players could have rounded out the list, but Stobitz' time in San Jose is remembered for his fighting. He's arguably the most iconic strap in San Jose Sharks history. Both players were haymaker after haymaker in a bout with Nashville Predators Jordan Tutu. Both players were left bloody. Stobitz is the ultimate tough guy winger. Will be remembered in San Jose for his energetic but fierce fights. He fought the most with the Oilers and the Sharks in his career. He had fought against those teams six times. Okay, Max, thanks. Uh, well, there we go, Brad Stobitz. Uh, to be completely honest, um, I'm actually not familiar with Brad Stobitz. Uh, although 82 games played, he had 186 minutes and 20 fights. Well, shit, 20 tilts and 82, that's not bad. Um, I mean, I've heard his name. I mean, I've seen some of his fights, but nothing's really standing out. And this 2-2 Stobitz fight is, uh, I'm gonna. I'm. I guess I'm gonna have to go and uh, hit the YouTube's after this and check out this fight. But uh, I like two two. Um, there you go. Maybe maybe I'll have to do a. I'll have to do it again. I'm not gonna knock Brad Stobitz because I again I'm I I plead ignorant. Um, again, have I? I've seen his fights. Nothing is standing out in my mind right now. Uh, but that's maybe a rabbit hole I'm gonna have to go down. You know, hey, why not? Let's we'll we'll learn some things together here, folks. But here we go. Who's number four on this list? 
Michael Haley. I like Michael Haley. There you go. 97 games with the Sharks. He had 233 minutes and 28 fights. That's not bad, 28 fights. I didn't realize he fought that much with uh, San Jose. I'm a, I am like Mike Haley. He's a bad dude, man. Haley is remembered for one of the most, for being one of the last true enforcers in the NHL at 5'11. Haley's not the biggest enforcer, but he threw punches at the best of them. His most commonly fought team. Why does he do this? The most commonly fought team was with the Ducks with eight. Okay. His top opponents were Chris Stewart and Mark, Chris Stewart and Mark Stewart, who Haley fought three times. Haley led the league in PIMS with 212 during the 17-18 season with the Florida Panthers. As for his time in Teal, Sharks remember Haley as the ultimate tough guy. He was willing to go out there and protect his team and get the crowd going. Yeah, I'm like I said, I'm down with uh, with uh, Michael Haley. He uh, again, not the biggest guy, but um, you know, of course, he was in that famous uh, brawl with the Pittsburgh when he was with the with, with the Pittsburghs. Yeah, Blech. it's late here, folks. Um, with Pittsburgh, uh, when he was playing with the Islanders, him and Kanopka and Gillies and all those jokers, uh, they, of course, they rumbled with, uh, Pittsburgh. Um, you know, I gotta take a drink, holy. But, um, yeah, I'm down with Michael Haley. That's cool. All right. But for a guy who's written, old Maxi here that's written for two, uh, written for two years of San Jose, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I think there might be some notable, uh, misses off this list, but here we go. Who we got at number three? Ryan Klo. Uh 423 games. He had 567 minutes of 49 fights with San Jose. Uh, Klo was and still is a fan favorite for the San Jose Sharks. He had a shootout move to the backhand that was nearly unstoppable. Alright, well, we're talking about fighting. Stay with us, Max. Close 49 fights, rank of second all-time in Sharks history. Klo had put up 273 points in his eight seasons with the Sharks. Became a do-it-all guy he became the do-it-all guy before it got popular. I don't know what that means, but okay. You mean a power forward? It's been around since the, the 90s, Max. Uh, he would hit, fight, and score, and when called upon at 6'3", 225, the winger was one of the original, was one of the original power forwards the NHL has ever seen. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, most fights in the Shark uniform came in the 2009 season when he tallied 11. Uh, he fought against the Ducks six times and the Flames five times in his career. It's hard to think of other names of iconic Sharks fighters and not bring up Ryan Klo. Um, it, it, well, there you, hey, what, when you're, when you're one of the original power forwards, it's not hard to remember. Oh, this is great. I love it. This is the hockey news, folks. This is what we get. Um, and again, this isn't an indictment on Ryan Klo. It's more of an indictment on old Max here, the writer. Um, I was down with Klo, and it's really too bad with the head, in all seriousness, with the head trauma that he had to retire with the concussion issues. But Klo was a I like Klo, man. Like I said, yeah, he was a power forward, and he would fight power forward in that sense. I mean, um, you know, am I ranking him up there with Tockett and Shanahan and Neely? Well, no, but I mean, but for the time, for his era that he was in, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, um, you know, 273 points in eight seasons and however many, oh, and his, uh, what was it? Oh, his backhand was nearly unstoppable in the shootouts. So, um, yeah, but I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having a laugh at the writer here and everything, but, um, yeah, I mean, I like Ryan Klo. Again, am I putting him on a top five all-time sharks list? Yeah, you know. Although I guess they, like they said, his, he had his, he had 49 fights, ranked some second in Sharks history. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I've caught myself now that I'm saying it out loud. Well, if you're the second most fights in team history, well, maybe you deserve to be on the top five list. So, 
But uh, at any rate, I like Ryan Klo. I'm just I'm loving this. Uh, this is tremendous. Uh, who we got at number two? I can't wait. Ah, there you go, Maxie. I, I'll, I'm going to take a little heat off you here. You, number two, Jeff Odgers, 334 games, he had 1,000 minutes, 95 fights. Odgers, the all-time fight leader with San Jose at 5'11". Odgers, by far, is not the biggest guy, but incredibly scrappy. Played with an edge, and he did his best to get under the skin of his opponents. Odgers had 21 fights against the Kings, the most against any opponent in his career. Uh, Audrey's would take on some of the other great fighters in NHL history and more than once Audrey's fought Probert, Domi and Ray six times. He scrapped him McSorley four times. His fighting as with fighting beginning to fade the NHL, Audrey's team record of 95 fights with the Sharks is unlikely to ever be matched. Uh, you know, again, we gotta, we gotta mention in H1 that fighting is going away. Um, yeah, I mean, if I was doing this, I don't, again, I haven't scrolled up to number one yet. If I was doing this list, uh, Audrey's would be my number one guy. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, the original gangster, I always call him the original gangster in San Jose. It was there from the beginning. Um, leader, um, if you're a fight fan and you don't like Jeff Audrey's, there's something wrong with you. Um, fought everybody, would just go toe to toe, wasn't wrest- gonna wrestle. Would bleed for the team, for the logo, wide open against all the guys. Did he take some thumpings? Yeah, he took a few kickings, but he would always come back. And uh, one of the most exciting fighters. And I and uh, oh yeah, for those listening, if you if you have not, I have actually had Jeff Audrey's on the show twice. I had him the original time I had him on. We talked about his entire career, and the second time I had him on for his five toughest opponents. So I encourage you to go back and check out those two. He's a really good dude. I actually also had a son Dakota on way back when on my show and on the original platform. I think he was about my second or third guest of all time. Really nice kid. Uh, played in the in the Western League with Vancouver and uh, and Moose Jaw and um, yeah, nice kid. Uh, that interview it was done on a tr- they're farmers in Spy Hill, Saskatchewan, and uh, he was he was riding in a tractor doing the doing crop doing the crops and. Talking fights with me on the phone. So there you go. How many other podcasts have been done from a tractor? But uh, Dakota was a good kid. War 36, fought just like his old man. Go check out hockeyfights.com. All of Dakota's fights are on there. He was a tough kid too. But spinning image of the old man, you'd swear to God. But uh, with his fighting style and everything. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I'm down with Jeff Audrey's, the whole Audrey's family. If you guys are listening, tremendous. Spy Hill, Saskatchewan, like I said, probably the only hill in the province. So here we go. Who's, I'm, I'm curious. Who... I would, okay, I haven't scrolled up. I haven't looked, like I said, right? Um, I, like, I, is Gates going to be number one? That's, that's, I, I think, I, I, I bet you Max, Max, you're not going to disappoint me. Here we go. Who's number one? It is Link Gates. There you go. I kind of figured uh, he would he would bite and and go with it because I guarantee you know this Max isn't it. He didn't even know who Link Gates was until they gave him this assignment. I can tell you that. Although Gates wasn't with the Sharks for very long, he made his presence felt. Six three two thirteen. Ford made made sure he got the Sharks going. According to HockeyFights.com, his best fight in Teal came against the great Bob Probert on November 14, 1991. The two dropped the gloves and tie up next to the San Jose bench. They each connect with a few rights before Probert switches hands and lands two less. Probert switches back, goes toe-to-toe. Gates switches hands, starts throwing less of Probert, struggles to get his arm free. They grapple for a short while Probert gets loose and throws two uppercuts that knock Link's helmet off. They right wrestle around until the linesmen come in. Probert tries to get the right in, but the two are separated and sent to the dressing room. 
Gates is not the biggest name on the list, but when the Sharks fans think of fighters, he's the first one that comes to mind. So basically, yeah, Max's whole write-up on Link Gates is, I'm just going to describe the Probert fight because I don't know fuck all about Link Gates outside of that. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, I mean, I get, I would have Audrey's number one. Um, I, I get, like, I always say with these lists, how are we doing it? Are we doing the best enforcers or... You know, are we going by longevity or who the be- like? If you're going by best fighter, yeah, well, Gates was the best fighter out of those five guys that were listed. Um, you know, in terms of longevity, it did it. I mean, Gates only played the one season in San Jose, so um, you know, he had 14 fights in 48 games. So, you know, does that does that put you above guys that had 40 some fights like Clo and 90 with like Odgers and stuff? Ah, it depends how you, it depends how you want to word your list. But if you're going to say who are the best fighters in San Jose Sharks history, well, Gates would be number one, I would think. So, but yeah, the, the Legend of the Missing Link. Um, yeah, just go online, Google it. There are more stories about him. I mean, you read them, and it's like you don't even know if they're true or not. I mean, it's like a movie, really, with some of the stuff he got into. But uh, um, I there was a, a gentleman that listens to my show. Um, he is actually friends with Link Gates, and uh, they're up in Alberta working on the rigs and stuff. And, uh, I just said, I, and Link's never going to do a podcast. Believe me, folks, I've asked. Link's like, no, you know, but I, I said to this guy, I said, Hey, could you do me a favor? And just maybe just, uh, just for shits sometime when, when, when Link's over at your place, just ask him who his five toughest opponents were. And, um, and he did. Eventually he got back to me and he asked Link and whatever. And surprisingly, actually Probert wasn't on the list. Um, uh, according to Link, he said Probert never really hit him with anything. Now, he had nothing but respect for Probert and said he was the best of all time and all that. He just said in our fight, he never really got me with anything real solid. So, uh, that's why he couldn't say, like, it was, cause it was only the one time that they fought. He, he couldn't say that Probert was one of his toughest five fights cause he said it really wasn't. But obviously, again, he wasn't knocking Bob Probert, but it was just at the time, it, the way I worded the question, who are your five toughest opponents? Probert wasn't one of them for Link. But, um, yeah, but that is a great fight. The Probert-Link fight is, it's a beauty for sure. in the Cow Palace and that, I said that fight really showed what Link, because at that time, like everybody always talks like Link Gates, they think he played all these years in the NHL and everything. He, he, he played under 100 games. Like the only full season he played was with San Jose at the 48. Other than that, he was up and down with the Minnesota North Stars. And then he got into the car accident, was out of the NHL. He ended up playing in the LNAH and the East Coast League and all that stuff and had a laundry list of minor league teams. But, um, with the, with the car accident and the brain injury, he could never, he couldn't, he could, obviously he learned to walk and skate again and all that, but his skating was never back up to the NHL level. And I think that's the one thing that people don't understand with Link Gates. And you can ask anybody that played against him at the time. Um, he was a second round pick. Yeah. For his toughness and everything else, but he was one of, he was a real solid player and he was a defenseman that could, he could skate and was a really, like everybody said, he should have, he should have been Probert. He should have had a 15 or 10, 15 year NHL career. That's how tough he was and that's how skilled he was. And he could have been a real, you know, like a Marty McSorley on the blue line for 10, 12 years. And unfortunately the car accident and his off ice issues and whatever, you know, obviously ended that idea. But, uh, no, he was a really, he was a real solid player and, uh, but you know, crazy and could fight and, uh, and probably could have been the heavyweight champ for years to come. Um, if he had stayed, you know, on the, if they could have kind of cleaned him up a little bit, or even if you didn't clean him up, just kind of, you know, stopped him from going too crazy. 
and uh, and he hadn't gotten hurt. As fight fans, uh, we lo- we missed out, and uh, the, I think the fight with with Probert is a glimpse into what could have been. And uh, that's whenever you mention Link Gates, it's one of those what could have been stories, which is unfortunate. But but yeah, bad dude, the missing link. There we go. Well, there's the San Jose Sharks list. Thanks, old Max. What a writer. Um, well, folks, we're sitting at about the hour mark. I think we'll call it a night. Um, I really want to thank you very much for tuning in. And I hope you enjoyed these lists as much as I like bringing them to you. Oh, the hockey news. As I said, the hypocrites that they are. But uh, enforcer week, that still cracks me up. But uh, anyway, folks, I'm going to get out of here. Um, I hope everybody enjoys the, the let's a couple more days and then we're into the weekend and I hope, uh, hope everybody uh, comes back. Like I always say, I know there's hundreds and hundreds of hockey podcasts out there. The fact that you chose to listen to this one, I agree. I really do great. I greatly appreciate it. And, uh, if you want to get a hold of me, fourth line voice on Twitter, as well as on Facebook, as my, as the kids say, my DMS are open. And if you're not on social media, email me at hockey fights at hotmail.com. Uh, yeah, just drop me a line. You want to talk fights? You want to come on the show and you got a story to tell or, you know, you want to do the 10 rapid fire questions? Let me know. I'll certainly get you on. Or if you have, uh, if you want to air some grievances, things I'm doing, not doing, let me know. Or you just want to talk. Hey, if you have some cool fight pictures, send them my way. Um, I always like, uh, trading fight pictures. So I like collecting that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, but feel free to drop me a line anytime. All right, folks, I'm going to get out of here. Um, Yeah, back to the bachelor life for a couple more days. We'll talk to you cats on Sunday. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 